and welcome to the Man on Podcast. I am Darren and joining me as always is Martin and Craig. How are you chaps? Very good. Happy New Year and all that jazz. I've done that already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah tweet. Can't bother anymore. Yeah, happy, happy New Year everyone. Um, it's not really happy in terms of fantasy points for me recently. It's not, I've, not, I've not had a good Christmas in that respect. Apart from this week it's been okay. I'll, I'll put my hand up and say it's, it's going all right this week. But previously, disastrous. I did find it quite comical last night in Liverpool game where lots of people would have been on social media saying new year, new, new chance to get new luck and new chance to enjoy the game. I'm going to play differently. And then on the same day, Salah misses a pen. Trent's possibly on track for zero points and all these sorts of things. Everyone's got Debravka on the bench getting what was 15 points or so at one point. And all of a sudden, everyone's New Year's resolution and New Year thought process was out the window about 40, 40 minutes into the first game of the next year. But obviously, it's swung round for people in the end. Yeah, and I had Salah captain. Yeah, I did not have Salah. I mean, I got I had it. weeks ago for Harlem, didn't I? So that went really well. I, I did have Salah captain. To be honest, I had absolutely no faith of him scoring that penalty. I genuinely thought he's missing this. So I wasn't even too disappointed. Um, I thought, well, at least there's a lot of the game left and he did turn it round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's... He's one of the, he's one of those he's one of those players that's the star man at the club on penalties, but you probably shouldn't really be taking them. There are lots of examples of it, but yeah. Fair play to you, Martin, for the foresight of expecting Liverpool to have an next year of about seven in that game, though. Because say so I didn't think Salah was the best <laughs> captain this week because I didn't think it would be a particularly open game. I thought it'd be quite tight, but um, didn't see it being so one sided yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. I got yeah, I got something right with that. I, yeah, I thought Liverpool would. Uh, would probably have a, would have too much for them um, at home under the lights and all that. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I just think I didn't have any faith in you know the likes of Alvarez, Foden, and Watkins. I fancied them all to score, but I thought the double-digit return is always probably more likely to come from Salah. So I went on that basis really. I got I got a captaincy right, Foden. I'm happy with that. I again played great like the week before. So. I was very happy to captain Foden and then get and get that support sort of right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one this week. Well done, you two. I'll give out the credit. New, new year, isn't it? I'll start being. I'll start dishing out the credit on this pod this year. Only gets the rinse in, so that's just me. That's the credit. Uh, bit, bit different from us tonight. Obviously, we've got now a big break. Uh, two weeks before the next Premiership fixtures. Well, after the West Ham. Brighton game that's on now um, so we're going to do our sort of five big talking points ahead of that game week um, so we'll be back next week with the actual preview of it but uh, here's some talking points ahead of the AFCON as it would be wouldn't it well, two of them really Asia Cup and AFCON yes of course Asia Cup. <laughs> My apologies. And not necessarily all of us but for various managers I'm one of them that still owns Salah and Son and I know there's been at least one questioning about what to do with them um, do we just looked at most people have had the foresight to try and roll a transfer so they've got two free transfers this week and obviously with the opportunity then to sell both of them but should Haaland be available for this game week as well then I don't have him that might be three moves to sell Salah and Salah and get Haaland because he's obviously in a different position so that's three moves and just some general thoughts about what was, was the best way to play it from here so I thought I'd make a, li- a few uh, little slide here around what the next sort of three, four actual weeks, not match weeks, will look like for potentially for Salah and Son. And from here, we can have a chat about whether we need to sell them 
whether we need to sell both of them, whether there's an argument to sell them both this week, or do we hold one for a week and then move them on? So this is all the dates now from the 14th of January, which is the first game of game week 21. Um, so no FA Cup, obviously Tottenham and Liverpool do play FA Cup before this, but it's irrelevant for, for this argument. Up until I think it's the end of AFCON, the end of the Asia Cup, which then leads into to game week 25, which is the 17th of February. So I guess the first real talking point is, and I think the most significant thing here to discuss is both teams, so both nations, I should say, Egypt and South Korea, will both play all of their group games at their international tournaments before game week 22. So if you do own Salah and Son, if you do wait a week, um, you'll know by the end of game week 22, sort of the lay of the land really for, for Egypt and South Korea, you'll know... One, if they qualified from their groups, obviously both were expected to, but one may surprisingly get knocked out and then Salah and Son might be coming home again sooner than expected. You'll probably know the draw for the last 16. You Again, you'll know if they've got a hard game, what the likely route is to the final, whether they avoid any other big hitters and you can have an estimated guess about how far they're likely to go. And I think that's, that's probably the main talking point. So Egypt have got Mo- Mozambique, Ghana and Cape Verde in their group. South Korea have got Bahrain, Jordan and Malaysia. Um, and then I say both even play, I think, the last 16 game um, before game week 22 when Liverpool play Chelsea and Tottenham play Brentford. So my gut feeling is here, there's not an urgent need to sell both. If, especially, it depends, obviously, what else you've got in your squad. If, you, if you've got decent eight attackers right now, um, then maybe you can just sell one, move them on to a Bowen or something this week. I know that's going to be quite popular with him playing Sheffield United. Bench the other one as your third sub for one week and, and assess. Um, there's no harm in selling both if you feel like there's two midfielders you want instead but just the fact that the games in January are so spread from an English football perspective and a Premier League perspective you actually get quite a lot of information by waiting for game week 22 so that's that's, that's my first takeaway here I don't know what you guys think you've not got Sun have you um, you two no nope. I've got neither no so your no, decision you. easier if you just got Salah you probably just sell him right but if you've got both, I, I think if you've got both, I'm at the standpoint that you're you're absolutely right. You you could hold one. There's no need to get rid of both. I, yeah. I don't think Egypt are great either, so I don't think like Salah will be gone long. If I'm honest, I don't. If I'm right in thinking Egypt aren't particularly great, correct me if uh, I'm. But I, didn't I think I think they're about fifth or sixth favourites, but there's not there's not really like a clear. A clear favourite, like I think, like the shortest price is like six to one or something, and then right. Egypt's are about nine. Egypt's are about nine to one. Okay. So I think I think it's pretty. I mean, if you go on the betting odds, and I got nothing, I got nothing better to go on to be honest. Um, <laughs> then um, then it's it's pretty tight. It's a bit it's a bit up in the air. I would say. I think um, it's quite significant because they'll play the third place team from a different group, which obviously is going to be a weaker nation. But if they come second in their group, Egypt, which is feasible with Ghana in there. And they play another runner-up, which I think could be Zambia or someone like that who have won AFCON in the last sort of 10, 15 years. I'm not saying they're not expected to win that game as well. But I think it could be significant. Winning their group gives them a, a last 16 game, which they probably also should win. So you're probably looking at at least a quarter-final from Egypt should they win their group. But should they come second in the group, which I think might be hidden on the screen at the minute, the fixture on the, the far right of the top table, I think is when they would play their um, last 16 game if they come runner-up. If they lose that, then you'd probably expect Salah to be back for game week 23. 
in which case he might only miss two fixtures. Um, which then you may argue if you're losing quite a lot of player value and if you bought him quite early, his price has gone up close to a million, I think, for a lot of people. Mm. Um, so you're going to be selling him, obviously, for a profit. But then if you want to buy him back again, it might be like 0.4 or something, but more than your selling price. Is it really worth it for two weeks? Um, I need the money, right? It's probably different if you think you if he's your way to get Haaland then I think you're probably taken out of your hands. You probably have to sell him. But if you can get Haaland without selling Salah, it's possibly an argument to keep him because I think for Sun, at least, I can't see South Korea not winning that group with Bahrain, Jordan and Malaysia. No, they'll win that. The general Asian tournament is is weaker. There's, there's obviously still four or five teams that could win it, but I think the AFCON, as Martin just said, I think it's a lot more open. It's, yeah. I think quite clear favourites for Asia. So you'd probably have a decent punt on South Korea going to a semi-final or something. Where, say, Egypt, it wouldn't be the world's biggest shock if they got knocked out in the group or, or the last 16. Well, I can't really see that happening for South Korea. Um, so I, I think there is an argument you hold Salah if, if you don't need him for Haaland. But yeah. each to their own. I, I guess the team, Martin. Yeah, I, I don't need him for Haaland, but I think I'm still going to sell him. I think... I think there's there's a couple of things in it for me. I think a I don't kind of just don't want to give myself the head, headache of waiting, 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 and then end up regretting it. If you, I think if you play the percentages, he's more likely to miss four games than he is to only miss one. I think if if you play the percentages, I think it's I think it's fairly fair to say that, especially with game week twenty two and game week twenty three being really close together as well. Even if he does come back early, um, you know, there's no guarantee that he's straight back in the lineup. Depending on you know various factors, what what you know what what happens with when when they come home so i think i'd rather just not just not give my head self the headache the other element of it for me which sways it as well is my two kind of bench players at the moment are ethan pinnock and anthony gordon uh, i don't really i don't really trust brentford's defence at all at the moment so you know playing pinnock instead of you know a midfielder that i could replace salah with doesn't fill me with a lot of optimism and also Anthony Gordon, Man City at home, Villa away, the next two. Um, so it's it's that as well, really. Like I could get I could get anyone in the game, and and I'm going to choose to play Gordon for two difficult fixtures or Ethan Pinnock when Brentford can't keep a clean sheet. I've I think for me I need to just get on with it. There's game week 26, obviously, is on this slide, but at the moment Liverpool get to the Carabao Cup final. Um, that would be a blank for Liverpool in game week 26. So if, if Egypt mm. do get to the final of AFCON, certainly if they win AFCON, will Salah definitely be back for that game week 25 fixture with Brentford? Hard to know, right? It's six days afterwards, but you never know yeah. what sort of time off he'll be given for as a celebration for winning it. Yeah, so in exactly. theory, he might not play till game week 27 in Mo Salah, should Egypt win AFCON. So if it's, you do... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and how much would you kick yourself? I think... <laughs> I think that's a that's a much worse situation to get yourself in than sell him and then he ends up coming back early. If he ends up coming back early, that's just one of those things, right? But if he does end up being away for that long, which is possible, as you say, how much are you going to kick yourself? Especially if you haven't got Haaland either. Like, how much money are you going to have sat in the bank and you've not bothered to use it? Like, that's going to be. Uh, well, people have just learnt from Haaland. I'm not rubbing it in with you here, Darren, but anyone that's held sort of Haaland, they've obviously had numerous frustrations in the last two or three weeks. Will he, won't he be back? Will he, won't he play? We're not quite sure from the messaging what's going to happen with him. And even right now, we're still none the wiser, really, when he's going to be back. No. And you, 
you're straight back into the same situation with Salah instead now, aren't you? Will he be back? Won't he be back? Will Egypt get through? Won't they get through? Even if they get knocked out, will he still make it back for the next league game or not? Or will he look at the semi-finals there on the seventh? In theory, Egypt could lose on the seventh and Salah could get back for the tenth, right? They could lose a semi-final when he could he could be available at quite short notice to play that Burnley game. But will he come back and be on the bench? Will he come back and be jet-lagged and not be able to play at all? Will he come back and start? He might play 90 minutes, right? Do you want... It's, it's, it's your risk appetite for these sort of things is probably what we're getting into here. Um, if you hold him, you could get lucky. And you might only miss one, maybe two games. And you could be back for game week 23. Um, 24 is a big one, right? That Burnley game with him. I, I, I can't. I can't remember who Man City have got that week, but I imagine he's going to be a liable captain for game week twenty four. Should he, if if Egypt get knocked out in the quarterfinals on the third, he's going to play on the tenth, isn't he, Salah? You've got seven days to work out a way to get him back in. But where South Korea, um, Tottenham have also just quickly in, for game week twenty six, have got a similar problem to Liverpool because they played Chelsea in game week twenty six. We're also still in a Carabao Cup, so should Chelsea reach the Carabao Cup final? Tottenham won't have a game in 26 either because obviously their game with Chelsea would be postponed. So in theory, if if South Korea and Egypt both reach cup finals, neither of these two will be back till game week 27, in theory. I hope no one's wasted their wild card already. <laughs> the second one. Well, the second one, yeah. I've seen some people play a wild card today thinking it was still their first one. That's... <laughs> That's a rookie mistake. Just my takeaway from this, I think I'm only going to sell one. I've got eight attackers right now that are all, like, I got rid of Cameron Arch. So I've got three good strikers and I've got five good midfielders. So if I have to bench Son for a week, I probably could do it. I, I actually could bench Salah because Joe Bowen probably does make sense as the midfielder to get in. And I could get Bowen for Son. Obviously, finance-wise, Bowen's still cheaper than Son. And I think Salah's more likely to come back Early. than Son is. Yeah, so at the moment, I'm tempted to do Sun to Bowen, keep Salah for a week on the bench and assess the lay of the land before game week 22, have a better idea what Egypt are doing. I'm not in a massive rush to get Haaland back right now. Even if he is back for the Newcastle game next, I don't think I'm desperate to own him for that. I'd rather own him for game week 22. I think they've got, they've got Burnley in that week. And I could still sell Salah in game week 22 for a minus four to then get Haaland back. Mm. But I'm not, I'm not desperate to to sell both this week. So I think I'm only going to be selling one. And it's easy for me to say that I've only got one free transfer. But even if I had both free transfers, I think I'd still more than likely just use one. But it is team dependent, depending on what the rest of your attack is. I, I agree with Martin to the point, if you've got, if if selling one means you've got to play someone you don't really want to play, then you sell both, right? Both, yeah. But you, you, you're not in that position, so that's quite nice for you. Um, yeah, but I, this, this little chart might make it easier for people just to have a bit better yeah, understanding. Uh, that's so, what I was thinking. Uh, this follows on a little bit. So these are six possible replacements for Salah and Son. There's, there's obviously more than this. Some may play for the same teams as these. You might want a different Arsenal or a different Tottenham or even a different Man City or something. But just some points again about waiting because the player you want, let's just say you want Foden in as one of your replacements for Salah or Son. Newcastle away, I don't know what we make of that fixture right now. Obviously Newcastle been out of sorts for sort of three, four game weeks and defensively they've been a shambles for the last couple. So maybe a Man City playing at St. James's Park maybe is an easier game than what we would have maybe suggested a month ago. But it's, it's not an ideal game to bring in a Man City player in for. So if you were adamant right now that you want Foden as one of your five midfielders moving forward, then again, if you can bench 
Salah or Son for a week, get a bit more information around that one year bench. And then that might make your decision easier for Foden for game week 22. Because of these teams, the game week 21's fixtures aren't super amazing apart from Bo. And if you want a Crystal Palace player, their fixture in 21 is not great. If you want a like-for-like replacement for Son for another Tottenham, whether that's Madison coming back or Richarlison, mm. United away is not, not crazy good either. Game week 22 looks an optimum time to bring most of these in. So just another sort of a different way of showcasing the why you might want to wait a week if you're, if you're able to, because not all of the, the obvious replacements have good games in, in game week 21. I don't know who you would be looking at, Martin, as your side of replacement. Is it Bowen? Yeah, Bowen's, Bowen's a weird one for me because it's the right player in the wrong team, isn't it? Um, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah, I just never never get too excited about picking a West Ham attacker. They're just... They're not front-footed enough for my for my taste, but he does tick along nicely, though, doesn't he? So maybe that's like a maybe that's like a, a bias or like a, a stubbornness that I need to just um, shake off and, and and do it. But I think I think Foden and Odegaard are really good options as well. I've already got Richarlison. Um, Gross is, is a little bit iffy just because you're never quite sure where he's going to be playing at every any particular moment. Um, Interesting. I, I, yeah, at least at least say I'm not not keen on. Um, again, you know the, the the team isn't good enough. He's a little bit injury prone. The fixtures aren't amazing apart from the Sheffield United home game. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think you've got the top three there. Um, basically, Bowen, Foden, Odegaard. Um, I'm leaning towards Odegaard at the moment. To be honest, I know Arsenal have had a couple of poor performances, but Crystal Palace at home is I like that. That's the best game week twenty one. Shout, I think, um, and then you could even you could even go from Odegaard to Foden. Like, I don't think I desperately need anything else. Like, I'm still going. I've still got a deep squad. I've still say I've still got the likes of Pinnock and Gordon if I do really need them. So, yeah, maybe Odegaard to Foden be an option for me. Nice. Sorry, Darren. I've put these slides together, but it doesn't really impact you at all. None of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but it's not here to do that. It's here to help other people. It's, this isn't the let's mm. help us. Um, it does. It does in a way because obviously I've got. Uh, I'm trying to think now. What's my midfield? My midfield is. I've, I've got Gross already. And that's that was why why I was confused. Um, so my my midfield at the moment is Saka, Foden, Gross, Bruno Fernandez, and Palmer. Um, obviously, I'm not buzzing off of the the Bruno thing. Was a shout for the next game or two. Um, so I will be looking to move him on. And, and there's obviously decent money tied up in Bruno Fernandes, really. He's still like 9.8, I think, or something like that. So these are all good options for me, really. I mean, Gross is a long-term hold for the time being, maybe till game week 23. But yeah, Bruno Fernandes, I am I am thinking of just taking him straight down to Bowen this week already because Bowen against Sheffield United is, is and Bournemouth is, is definitely better than whatever Man United have got because they're terrible. <laughs> it's, it's the short answer. Sorry to the United fans, but they are. Um, and and, and I, I, I do like Odegaard as well, but as I, I said, I've already got Saka, who's annoying me, uh, and Arsenal all-round are, are annoying me. Um, the issues I've got are, 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 I've still got Simakas and I've still got Kabore, and, and I need to get rid of them. So if I take Bruno down to Bowen, I've got some money there to, to potentially upgrade one of those guys as well. Um, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> mm. I mean, De-, De Bruyne's the other outside shot, I suppose. But again, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that this week. 
you'd probably wait for the FA Cup game and probably the Newcastle game as well. But you'd think by the time they play Burnley at home at the end of January, you'd think that, um, you know, as long as he doesn't have an immediate setback, that De Bruyne will be back up to speed by then, um, or, you know, reasonably back up to speed and in line to start the game. Can you imagine? Um, they got Burnley at home, Ed Brentford away, Everton at home. So three decent fixtures there. And obviously you'd have the, you'd have the money, obviously, but... Pretty big in the MM Madison as well. I know Richarlison's one on the slide, but Madison's obviously got the same fixtures. If we knew he was back for game week 22, you'd quite happily hold probably Madison for that run of three, Brentford, Everton, Brighton, even if you then move back off him again to back to Sun or back to Salah or something. I do think as you've highlighted there, Martin, Man City and Tottenham in particular, one more game week of information, which is actually like three weeks, four weeks of actual real time. Could be quite powerful, couldn't it, around them two teams if you can afford to hold on to Salah or Son for until then. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be dynamite as well, couldn't it? If you if you are someone that's going to have neither, if you can be quick on to having a De Bruyne and Haaland double up, um, you know, <laughs> that could that could potentially be great. While uh, while other people are sort of catching up on moves, if you can organise yourself that way, I think that's um, say if you've seen De Bruyne get through get through the FA Cup game and then Haaland's back for the Newcastle game, you'd think they'd probably then both start the Burnley game at home, wouldn't you? So if you can organise yourself to have both of them for a few weeks, um, yeah, maybe that could be good. Let's, let, let, let's not sit here and remember the fact that I punted on De Bruyne and then he got the 10 minutes into that game is when he got his long-term injury. <laughs> um, yeah. I was well, can't really... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd think they're not going to... You'd hope they wouldn't make that mistake again, wouldn't you? I, but, I mean, if yeah. I was him, and if they made that mistake again, I was him, I'd be like, this is a joke, genuinely. And <laughs> yeah. uh, they can't they can't do it again, so you're right. But um, the, other, the other thing for me is is, is Trippier as well. Um, now, I know it's sort of a midfield replacement thing with Saka and Salah here, but uh, I do have a... Um, sorry, Saka, um, Salah and Son. But I do have uh, Trippier. That could be an ongoing issue. Whether he's injured, whether he's been a naughty boy, we don't know what's what's happening with Trippier. Um, but I wanted to keep him simply because he's got some good fixtures coming up, and I'm hoping that uh, it all blows over for those for that run of Newcastle. Otherwise, he's an expensive problem. It's hard right now. I, I, say, I think a lot of us are in a position where there's arguably four or five players at the moment that, for one reason or another, we we're not really happy with. Whether it's the fact they're unavailable for a block of time, whether it's because their team are underperforming whether it's because we're not so sure about their minutes all of a sudden and things like that. There's, we're at that point where we felt like for a while that there was maybe one or two moves that kind of made sense. We're now at a point where we could easily move multiple players on. So um, interesting times to sort of get that priority right on who to move when and how many transfers we, we kind of want to make and how many hits we want to take. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult one. Um, so here's the actual game week 21 captaincy thoughts. Yeah, and the main... I let my cat out of the garden who wants to disappear at the back. Um, Your cat has been meowing. Yeah, do you hear him throughout the thing? Yeah. <laughs> my cat's been making a... Yeah, I think my wife was uh, trying to be nice to him, but he's in a bit of a foul mood today, the cat. So I think he's uh, taking offence. So, we, yeah, sorry to the pod listeners. We've had a background of meowing for right. the last five or ten minutes. No, it's not a problem. We're all animal lovers here. We, I was about to take our cat to the vets today, but uh, when his appointment came, he was nowhere to be seen. <laughs> had to ring up the vets and cancel the appointment. And literally, as he did that, little prick turned out from the fence and came through the back garden. He was he came back. 
like called them and said he's back and they were like you've just cancelled and rescheduled it for tomorrow it's done now i was like right, move on um all right they must get that all the time yeah exactly yeah i was like he's not a house cat he's allowed to roam but he's he's gone he's gone yeah um captaincy for 21 then yeah, I thought I'd make a point of this just because of some people may not have realised that all the fixtures only actually happen on the same weekend here. Um, the Premier League's version of giving teams a winter break is that each basically each team gets one weekend off. In January, that's their winter break. So there's five fixtures, 10 teams playing on one weekend and then the other 10 teams in five fixtures play the following weekend. So this game week actually spreads over two weekends. Um, and... Interesting point for the captaincy is that, to me at least, the, the stronger captains probably all play the second weekend, which could be seven, eight or nine days after the deadline, which is obviously a risk in itself. <coughs> a lot of time for someone to maybe get injured or become unavailable after the deadline. So Arsenal play Crystal Palace seven days after the deadline. Obviously, Arsenal players are captain options. West Ham away to Sheffield United eight days after the deadline. People might be looking at Bowen as an option. Um, Bournemouth Liverpool not, uh, also eight days after the deadline people might look at Solanke and think he's a good captaincy against Liverpool who's not still letting a lot of goals in or equally Darwin just because he might score some of his high XG chances one day they might be viewing him as a captain that first weekend the five fixtures you've got Watkins maybe playing away to Everton and should you get Haaland back away to Newcastle that could be a captaincy equally Cole Palmer Obviously, a few times lately he's had decent halls at home to Fulham could be a captain. There are some, but I don't know what your immediate thoughts are to captain in game week 21, but are they playing in sort of the the second weekend? Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, I mean, I've considered Watkins, don't get me wrong, Watkins against Everton. Um, I've considered Haaland as well, but will he play that Newcastle game? We We really don't know. So for me, I mean that's another two weeks. So if I can, if I get real good com- confirmation potentially, uh, I, I might jump on it, but very quickly before the deadline. Um, but otherwise, I'm I'm looking at either Bowen for getting Bowen in for Fernandez uh, and doing that, um, or uh, I'm at a position where I'm sat in a in a crap ranking, but with an all right team here. Or a decent enough team, I think, and I, but I need to make ground up. So, is that now take punty transfers, or do I take more risky captaincy options and hope it pays off? Because caution to the wind doesn't matter anymore. Like, what what's the difference between a bloody two point five million rank and a, and a five million rank? Like, what is what does it matter? So, I've considered an Arsenal player. Like, Arsenal have to come good and, and be better in the next game game or two than they have been so i've got saka and i've got jesus as well do i do i do i punt on jesus like he's getting a bit of stick at the moment perhaps this is the game where he's like fuck it and he turns into a machine uh, and he scores that trick who knows but do i do i sort of go punty and go with an arsenal player because palace aren't great the next two weeks though and with no obvious especially this game there's no obvious captain here for me i don't think there's anyone that's a standout must captain like there are most weeks no exactly there's not going to be many weeks like this coming up because even though Sander and Sander are away, as soon as Haaland comes back, he's going to be prime captain number one again, isn't he? And that's going to be a big ownership to take on. But this week, even if people get him, I could, people might be a bit reluctant to captain with unlikely to play in 90 minutes and it's still a hard fixture. Mm. So I, I, for, for this one week, at least in your case, I don't think it's a bad thing captaining Jesus if you own him. I can see that being a high upside sort of captaincy. 
Okay. I just noticed, by the way, as well, why all the timings of these kickoffs all an hour? Uh, I think they're all an hour late. So if you look, if you're looking at the slides right now, don't uh, don't follow those kickoff times because they're wrong. <laughs> you're, on, <laughs> you're, on your, you're on your work VPN or something when you took the yeah, shot. I took the screen grab. I must have done something, but all the kickoff times are an hour late. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those weeks where, you know, we often talk about picking your battles and if, if you're going to take a risk, like assess, you know, what is the actual size of the risk? And, and I think it's one of those weeks where the captaincy is going to be split anyway. It's, you know, it's not a week where you're taking on the whole game captaining Haaland or the whole game captaining Salah. It's probably going to be a bit split anyway. So those are the weeks where I like to kind of go with my gut if I don't think there's an obvious choice. Um I think if I if I had to pick one right now, I think I'd be very tempted to give it to Richarlison, to be honest. Um, I can't see Man United keeping a clean sheet against the Spurs team. I know, you know, taking Son out of the team has an impact, um, but he's he's obviously going to play. He's going to play through the middle, isn't he? I guess he'll be on penalties. Um, I think Richarlison's a fair shout. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's where I'd lean at the moment. I think Cole Palmer's um, another fair shout. Of, you know, home game against Fulham, it's close to the deadline. So as Craig says, you know, you probably remove that element of risk that something happens to him over the next, you know, over the following week. Um, so I think Palmer and Richarlison playing in that first, that first week where it's close to the deadline and you've got the most information um, is probably where I'd lean. I'd, I don't know, something in my gut doesn't fancy Watkins away to Everton, but that's how I see it. Yeah, I'm not sure about the second week games. Arsenal, none of their attackers are particularly explosive or trustworthy right now. And Palace, they're a funny side. They're not. I won't call them pushovers, but they do be are a bit open. But I don't think there's anyone you would naturally think is going to get me double figure points in that game from Arsenal. Um, West Ham, Sheffield United. West Ham tends to do best against teams that allow them to counter attack. Was Sheffield United going to set up like that? Maybe not. Bowen could still obviously return in that game, but. I don't think he's... I'm with you, Martin, as well, about your assessment of him from the earlier slide about right player, wrong team. Mm. Um, I, you, know, you know my thoughts on West Ham from various pods we've done over time. I don't think I want to captain a West Ham player. So I don't think... I, I, I quite happily get him in because that fixture is a high upside fixture, but I don't think I want to get him in and captain Bournemouth-Liverpool, yeah. I, I don't think I'm brave enough to captain Solanke in that game. As much as Liverpool give up XG and they, they're not have... I think they could be quite open in that game because Endo is going to Asia Cup and the midfield can be sort of bypassed quite easily. They could cause some problems for me. So I wouldn't be surprised if Solanke scores in that. But mm. do I want to wait? Is is the upside of Solanke that good that it's worth waiting eight days after the deadline for? No, probably not. So I think at the moment, my sort of bus captain is on Cole Palmer. He must be like the cheapest starter in my team at the minute, I think. Oh, really? I mean, he was phenomenal the other day. I'm not going to lie. It's nice to actually own him when he's got a bag full of points. That's not happened to me all season. It was brilliant. Even Haaland, right? The kickoff's five hours after what well, was going to be, was five hours after the first kickoff for the day. So it's going to be, what, six, six and a half hours after the deadline. Are we going to get a reliable Man City team leap six and a half hours before the, before the kickoff? We might. Uh, we might, but, yeah. Would you trust the leap that far in advance of the game? No, we won't. That's a really good point. I said about getting a league, but that's not going to happen. Not, not, not before that game. Not a trustworthy yeah. one. Not like we normally do. So even if you wanted to cap, even if you knew he was starting, right, you, you pretty much know he's probably not going to play the 90 minutes as part of his yeah. sort of recuperation. 
I think I said to you guys earlier, like I've got Haaland, I'll play him, but I won't captain him. You're, you're absolutely right. So yeah, I don't know where I'm going here. I'm probably with you, Martin. I think Palmer. I've got Richarlison right now, so maybe him. I've got Watkins, maybe him. I'm probably iron more towards going for one of those in the first weekend, though. I think at the minute, Burnley attacker, get one of them in. Lyle <laughs> uh, <laughs> L- 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 Foster's back, isn't he? The scoring goals. Has Martin still got Amdouni from about six weeks ago? <laughs> no, I didn't actually buy him. I didn't actually buy him in the end. No. Macatee, Macatee. <laughs> <laughs> let's um, let's go on uh, to the key dates of Harland. Yeah, so uh, sorry on Twitter earlier today from FPL Main Road. I think generally deemed to be one of the the better um, sources of Man City information um, with the tweet that Harland's expected back for Newcastle. Uh, also. De Bruyne and Docker expected back for Huddersfield first and then Newcastle mm. uh, and then Calvin Phillips uh, likely to leave. But I saw a few people getting a bit excited. Harlan's expected back. That means we can get him back in. Um, but that's very vague in my eyes, expected back. I expect a lot of things to happen that don't. I expect to get quite a lot of FPL points. Most weeks I don't get them. So because you expect <laughs> something doesn't mean that you're likely, it's definitely going to happen, right? So yeah. it looks like... He's ultimately got, um, he's done something to his bone, right? I don't know what you'd call the injury, what he's picked up. Is it a bone fracture? Is that what it is? Something like that? more more of that sort of type, bone stress, bone fracture? Stress, like yeah. Stress. They, said that he, they said that he hadn't actually fractured it, didn't they? It was just stress. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't yeah. know how long it takes to recover from that. I don't know. When the last year, Villa had Jack Grealish um, before he went to, to Man City. He suffered an injury midway through the season, which I think at that time was called like a, a bone stress injury. And week to week, it felt like Dean Smith at the time was saying, we expect him back soon. He could be available for the weekend. And from memory, it dragged on and on. He was out for about two and a half months, three months. Now, I'm not saying what Harlan's got is exactly the same, um, but I think he's, there's enough evidence from that one case that suggests that these things are not the easiest to diagnose. And... I guess you don't quite know how it's going to react to any sort of training or work on it, whether that's in a in a training session or whether it's an appearance in a fixture. So could he play on it for 30 minutes, then it flares up and then he's out for another three weeks and all, all this sort of nature, right? There's, there's there's quite a lot that's unknown about this. I, I think I'm going to wait till the 31st of January before I really consider getting Haaland in, uh, in the league. We've got an FA Cup game where he might appear, but unlikely it sounds like a Newcastle game where he might appear, but... Again, I don't think it's desperate we own him for that game because he's probably not the best captain. Um, if you were if you were Man City right now, if you knew you could give him those two games off to further aid his recovery and then he's got basically two weeks off, would you not just aim to get him back for the 31st? Is it, it, it was, yeah. what's the, 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 the yeah. thing from risking him on the 13th? I don't, I don't see any point. I mean, there's no point in him playing Huddersfield. Absolutely none. Um and, you know, that might be enough. Then maybe he does play Newcastle. Maybe they think, actually, Newcastle away. Yeah, let's play him. And, and he's fine, you know, because, you know, skipping the Huddersfield game to the 13th, that's still another two weeks on top of what he's done already. So, yeah, I think he might be okay. But you're you're absolutely right. There's I, I don't think there's any harm in rest, resting him for that um, or giving him a tiny run out at least. But, yeah, the 31st is a much more reliable um, benchmark. What's he been out for then? About six, seven weeks he'll be by then, won't it? When did he, he was, he was yeah. About the 18th of December or something. 
got wind of this, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah it's been a little while. So, yeah. yeah, I think another reason, I know we touched on it already, about sort of waiting on Salah and some plans, because I don't think we desperately need the money for Haaland. When, when are you thinking, Martin? You've got to wait. If you hear on the... If there's rumour on before the Newcastle game that he's going to be in the squad at least or something, will you be looking to get him back in? Yeah, I think I would. I don't think I'd captain him. But, yeah, I think I'd probably get him back. Because, um, you know, even even half an hour of Haaland's better than 90 minutes of most people in the game, isn't it? And, and at least it's... Yeah. Then, really? at le- then at least it's done. There, are, there, are, there is that risk that, you know, it flares up and as it... Yeah, I mean, we we talk about our rules, don't we? I know I know some people have a rule that they don't bring an injured player in straight away because, you know, off, often it... Well, not often, but it can happen that, you know, returns don't necessarily go as, as planned and then you've wasted two transfers if they've got to go again and all that kind of thing. But yeah, the way I see it at the moment, if I can get a player in this week um, that I'm happy with for Salah, then there's no reason why I can't get Haaland in the following week. That would be Burnley, right? If you've got only got two free transfers this week, because you'll be selling Salah in 21, which is when Man City play Newcastle. So would you be making about two transfers? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. Right. Yeah. So, so in that case, <laughs> um, in that case, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get him because my three forwards would be Watkins, Solanke and Alvarez. So, yeah, I'd rather replace Salah than sell one of them in that situation. Sorry, I thought I thought we had an extra, I thought I had an extra transfer in my hand there. Yeah, so I won't be getting until the 31st. It's yeah, not worth a minus four for, is it? I don't think. No, I don't think so. Not not for not to risk it for that Newcastle game where he might not play. Just for those that have got two transfers this week, if they own Salah and Son and they haven't got Haaland, if they wanted to make two moves this week, what would you do? Sell Salah and Son and still leave Haaland or sell one of Salah and Son? And then what, what two things would you prioritise? Mm-hmm. Again, I think if you... Oh, it's difficult to say play the odds because... The Haaland information, we've got to take it with a pinch of salt. But it seems it seems more likely than not to me that Haaland will be back before either of Salah and Son. So I'd work on that basis, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll still use one. I would still want to use one transfer. I'd still sell probably Salah for yeah. a midfielder yeah. you want. And then game week 22, when some midfielders have got better games than when Man City have got Burnley, then I would, if I got two free transfers, then, then I would sell the other one and get Haaland back, I think. Mm. You're not taking a hit that way either, right? If you do that way around, no. Mm. That's a difficult one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then finally, the, when do we wild card? Well, just with all this going on, so for those that do desperately want Harlem back, those that have got Salah and Son, maybe there's people still with Lascelles from Newcastle who they've got issues with. Maybe they've got another player who's gone to Afcon or Asia Cup beyond um, Salah and Son. Maybe they've just got generally got a defence right now they don't like. I know Martin was just saying about someone like Pinnock. They're not a desperate sell, but in an ideal world, Martin wouldn't have him. I get the impression. So this wildcard team, I'll read it out in a second. But I think this is about seven changes from my current team. So if you're looking ahead to what's coming up now, there is a, an argument, I think, for playing a wildcard. Now, obviously, there's issues with that down the line, potentially with blanks and doubles coming up where it might be more useful and, and things. But... I feel like a lot of people's teams are in, I wouldn't call it a mess, but 
we've got defenders we don't particularly like. Maybe we've got centre backs and no teams are really keeping clean sheets. So, for example, the team, the wild card I put on the screen at the moment has Alexander Arnold, Estupinen, Pedro Porro, Gusto, and Alfie Doughty from Luton. In terms of balance, it's five reasonably priced defenders. You could argue Trent's over, overpriced and things like that right now, but mm. those defenders all promise attacking returns where we're not playing the likes of a Gwehi or the likes of a Ezra Concer or the likes of a Pinnock or Fabian Shear or someone like that, whoever we've got at the moment as one of our defenders. So a wild card now at a time when clean sheets are not proving very uh, very likely. We've still got a, a, a back three at least each week that have other routes to points. Then obviously in midfield, it gives you the chance to deal with Salah and Son straight away. Um, it allows you to maybe make a better adjustment to 3-4-3 three, three. if you're in a position right now where you your budget option is a striker. You can transition to a budget option in midfield, whether that's a Langer, who's in this slide. There's Suchek, who's about the same price. There's um, there's, a, there's a few at Sarabia, I think, at Wolves. is is not a bad price right now. Garnaccio. There's, there's quite a lot of midfielders around 5 million who are, are not bad options. And if, you, if you've if you been sitting there with Cameron Archer up until now as your, your third striker and your, your eighth attacker, if you feel like this is a good point to maybe transition to three strikers and you need to move your budget option into midfield. A wild card is obviously a way to help with that. Um, and then up front at the moment, Nkunku, I think he's probably back now and will start the next game. We just said in the last slide, Chelsea might be a good captaincy at home to Fulham. We'll see the lineups and we'll probably get a good leak of the Chelsea lineup. Maybe Nkunku will be a good captain uh, at home to Fulham this week. And this team, I think, also has about seven or eight million in the bank. So when Haaland does come back, we can sell any of the strikers. For Haaland, um, we've got Trent there as a bit of a cash cow. We could downgrade should we want to when Salah or Sun come back. It's not a big upgrade to move Foden or Bowen up to Sun when he comes back. We probably could afford to do that and move a striker. Even Saka, I think there's been a few murmurs around that people get a bit fed up with him being a sort of not great for attacking returns. We could just move him on to, to Sun. So just, just for those audio, Raya and Debravka are stuck as the two keepers to make sure we get some Arsenal defensive coverage. Um, Trent, Estupanan, Gusto, Dati, Porro, the midfield of Saka, Alanga, Palmer, Foden, Bowen, and then Watkins, Solanke, and Kunku. Um, I don't know what you two think about one about this wildcard team or two just about wildcarding in general right now. I won't throw it straight to Dara. I know he's probably more prone to me and you, Martin, for using a chip earlier than most people advise. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if one of us is going to do it, I'd probably put him down as prime candidate. But it maybe ain't as stupid as you think it is. But I mean, no, I, <laughs> I, I do like your point about having defenders that offer more than clean sheets. Because um, I think, like you, say, like you say, there's been a there's been a lack of clean sheets this season, and I don't, mm. I don't think it's like a fluke. I I don't see it as something that will even itself out in the second half of the season. I just think that there are a lot of a a, a lot of really good teams in the Premier League at the moment, and a lot of um, a lot of forward-thinking managers and and even the managers that are a bit conservative have clear ideas about how their team can score goals. Um, so so I don't think it's a fluke, the lack of clean sheets. And I, I do kind of expect it to, to continue in the second half of the season. So I really like the point about, um, you know, getting the opportunity to to have a defence that, that offers a bit more. Um, I, th- I think that for, that for me is the main upside of it. In my opinion, I think the midfield and the forwards. It feels like a lot. You know, most people probably aren't a million miles away from what you've got on the screen. Oh. You know, with two or three transfers, but 
um, yeah, to sort out the defence, I think is the main appeal for me. Who have you got right now? Have you got a lot of centre backs who are frustrating the Gabriels, the Salibas, the so you've yeah, got So I've got Pinnock and I've got Gabriel and I've got Kabore who does nothing for me. So um so yeah, there's 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 three that I would probably happily move on. So that yeah, that's what stands out for me. Yeah, I mean I've got I'm, if I get rid of Bruno for um Bowen, I, I'm gonna have four of those five midfielders as well. So um I've got Watkins, I don't have Solanke. And Kunku's a funny one, actually. You mentioned in Kunku there, and I thought, well, actually, do you know what? Could could I could I get rid of Jesus actually and get Nkunku in and, and move on early on him? Because I'm sure he's pretty low owned and, and Chelsea don't have terrible fixtures and they've got that one against um uh what's it called? Luton, is it Luton? They've got Fulham next. Fulham, Fulham. Um which might be good, but you know, don't know. Fulham aren't terrible at the moment, are they? Um I'm in the same boat as Martin. Uh, number my number one thing to say is I'm not using my wild card. <laughs> um, I probably am the most likely out of all of us to do that, but uh, I don't see any need right now. But uh, I, I've got a problem with my defence as well. Uh, I've got a doggy. Um, Tottenham aren't keeping clean sheets, and he's not even getting any attacking returns at the moment either. So you know, Poro seems to get most of them. So. In terms of him, he's not great. I've got Saliba, which again, Arsenal aren't keeping clean sheets, so that's frustrating. Um, Trippier, who I mentioned earlier, is a is a problem now if he's injured or or, or done something stupid and being dropped for a while. Um, and I've got Kabore as well, uh, just like Martin. So that's a problem because. I don't know what's going on with Kabore because he's been flagged again. He's off and he's international duty. He's off to Cup of Nations, I think. Ah, is he? Okay, because he flagged a couple of weeks ago with with an injury and then he came back and then was flagged again. But I guess that was the the new flag was for the international. Um, So, yeah, it's not going potentially. Oh, and Simakas, again, another injured player. So I'm I'm in the same boat as Martin. It's not my midfield and my strikers I really want to sort out right now because I think they're okay. I I think it's very template what I've got. It's definitely my defence that needs needs to work to it. but it's not wild card worthy, not at all. Yeah, I don't know what Kabore has done to impress the Burkina Faso manager, but he's obviously been watching Luton. <laughs> well, that, I mean, the <laughs> Faso is probably your issue there. They've got a player replacing the Premiership. They're going to pick him. I can promise you that. Um, I mean, I've seen Kabore playing recently. For, well, not not recently, but this season for uh, Luton, and he's certainly been giving away a few a few uh, balls. <laughs> let's let's be honest. He's not going to be able to deal with our defences, though, are we? Because, as I say, our priorities are going to be moving on the likes of Salah and Son, getting Harlem back. It feels like our next sort of three, four transfers are kind of, for a lot of managers at least, are kind of already effectively booked in. Maybe the order of them can can change depending on the managers, but we kind of know who needs to go and who needs to come in. And none of them are going to be defenders, are they? So if we've got a defence you're unhappy with right now, you, you might as well get used to the fact that you're still going to be unhappy with it probably in about six game weeks' time. Um, so is is there? I don't know the answer to this, but is there more upside in sort of getting ahead? Is that use of a wild card now and getting seventeen, eighteen weeks out of it better than maybe holding it for another ten weeks? And then I don't know. It just feels like sometimes I think the phrase goes around quite a lot: play what's in front of you. And if you're looking at your team now and getting fed up with looking at X, Y, Z in your team, the wild card might not be quite as stupid as. Others might think. I think a lot of people will think it's too early to use the second wild card yet because it's too long to go. We're only halfway through the season, but 
I think there is still an upside to playing it now. I mean, um, if you were, if you had a team consisting of a lot of the players we've mentioned today, if you had a team of let's say Salasson, Trippier, um, Kabore, um, I don't know, one or two other flagged people, let's say, I can understand you might do it. There's certainly going to be people out there with 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 enough people out flagged and who own Salah and Son. There are plenty of people out there with maybe Poro, the only defender from this list. They may still have Archer in their team up front who they can't deal with either. Um, Salah and Son in midfield. Galizia, say, I think I said at the start, there's people probably about six or seven players they'd quite like to move on. That, normally that's enough for a wild card, isn't it? If you've got six or seven players you don't want. Hmm. Um, as long as you leave yourself the money, mate, certainly the money to get Haaland back, which I think this team does. I'd say you could get him from any of the three strikers. In Kunku could be one weak punt and then on to... Harlan for Burnley. You could argue Watkins is maybe a bit overpriced. So moving him on to Harlan obviously leaves more money in the bank. And that might be enough to then even move Saka up to Salah or something. Should he come back early? Um, you want to leave yourself some element of flexibility, I think. But I think a lot of people haven't even considered using a wild card yet. And maybe for some managers, maybe not necessarily us three, but for some managers, you shouldn't just think, oh, I can't use it yet. It's too early. I need to keep it till game week 30 or whenever it is or nearer to my bench boost or these sort of decisions that some managers tend to make. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. certainly wasted my um, my wild cards in the past quite early well, on. Um, I don't want to do that mistake again. Especially if we are going to get potential blanks from cup games. I don't think there'll be that many, but it's definitely worth but you've got Darren, you've got Kabore away for at least a couple of weeks. Trippier, as you said, we don't really know where we stand with him. Yeah, and us down for the next sort of three weeks. But say so you haven't got Son and, and Salah to deal with, so maybe you've got the yeah. defenders. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of got the luxury. I mean, it's going to take me probably a minus four this week, but that might then give me the money to go from Bruno to Bowen, and then and one of the defenders I can sort out for the week. Um, is what it is. Yeah, cool. Just raising that as an option for people. Absolutely, good stuff. That's it. We love it. That's the end of the pod. Really clearer. Uh, <laughs> never, never any clearer. Yeah, I think I am. Help us. I'm, sell- I'm selling Salah. Harlan's not coming in until the Burnley game at the earliest. And um, yeah, that's that's a, that's a start. Yeah, yeah that, that'll do. You've got, I'll be honest with you, you've got sort of two weeks to solve the problem. So... Mm. Uh, well, we've got a sky over all teams in that two weeks so maybe we don't get as much time to dedicate to this as uh, we yeah, need that's to true. that's true yeah so I think I think the plan is next week to do a sky overhaul pod correct yes. um, and I think we'll be back next week with a with a gaffer pod which feels like forever Martin it feels like there's been about five game weeks since we yeah. did a gaffer one uh, yeah it's been thick and fast but yeah we'll do that as well yeah so uh, we're back which is nice um Cool. Well, thank you, everyone. Please like, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Um, oh, um, yeah. I don't think I was going to say something, but I can't remember what it was going to be. Okay, fine. <laughs> I was going to say something, and I was like, oh, I, I, I had some news, but then, I, then, it, then it just went from my head. Um, cool. All right. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Bye.